What's up, Praise Chapel? Johnny Alcrez here. And on Wednesday night, I preached the message of having 2020 vision in 2020. I talked about a man named Nehemiah. And Nehemiah was a man of prayer. Nehemiah was a man of vision. And how many know that vision is birthed out of prayer? So I hope you enjoy this message. God bless you. Amen. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way in this place. We're here for you, Lord. We're here because of you. And so, Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Omar, Sister Leti, I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so, at the beginning of the year, God dropped, a, 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 dropped something on my heart. And I, I said, you know, I started putting it together back in January, right? And uh, it was a lot. And it had to do with 2020, right? How many know we're, we're in 2020? And when you think of 2020, automatically you think of a vision, right? Of having a clear vision, of, of being able to see, a focus, right? And so I said, man, I'm going to run with that, right? I'm going to apply that to my life. Actually, a year prior, God has really God started dealing with me, right? And said, hey, man, what is your vision? What is your vision? Are you just... Because I caught myself just sitting in church. I, I caught myself becoming that guy where, um, where older Christians, back when I first got saved, you say, don't lose that fire, bro. And I would be like, what, what are they talking about? Don't lose the fire. And, and I, I found myself in a, in, a, in, a, in, in a couple of seasons where I was just doing the same old, same old, coming to church, keeping that seat warm. But how I many, everyone in this place, God has something for you. God has a vision for you. You're not called just to sit and keep the seat warm. You're called to minister. You're called to disciple. I did this in our life group one day. I said, raise your hand if you're called to preach the gospel. So raise your hand if you're called to preach the gospel. Everybody's hand should be up because you are called, amen, to preach the gospel. So 2020 is vision, right? So that's the title of my, of my, of my message so check out Proverbs 29, 18 in the Message Bible. I love the way it says it. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Proverbs, uh, same, same scripture, different, uh, different version. The Amplified Version says, where there is no vision, no revelation of God in his word, the people are restrained. But happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. Vision... And it, what it means is the act of power, the act or power of seeing. And so vision is birthed out of prayer, right? Without a prayer life, your vision will be limited. Without God's word, your vision will also be limited. You need God's word and you need prayer. And so my vision this year is I said, you know what? And I would, I would say, I think it's safe to say that our vision as a church is we need to line up with the vision of our pastor. We need to back it. What, with the vision of our pastor, we need to pray for our pastors. But what is the vision? The vision is always it's souls. Win, build, sin. Win, build, sin. But not only the vision. Like I said, God has a, 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 a vision. He has a destiny for each person in this place. Helen Keller said this, the only thing worse then being blind is having sight with no vision. And I'm reminded about a man named Nehemiah, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Nehemiah was a man with a vision. 
Nehemiah was a man who loved and trusted God. He was a man who loved God's people. Nehemiah 1.3 says this. So the words of Nehemiah, the son of uh, Hekeliah, now it happened in the month of uh, Chislev in the 20th year as I was in Susa, the citadel, that Hananiah, one of my brothers, came with a certain men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the remnant there is in the province who had survived I'm sorry, the remnant there in the province who has survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. And so if you know about Jerusalem, Jerusalem is, is, a, is a holy city. It's called the holy city. It's, 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 called, it's called the city of God, the holy land. And so one of my things, uh, oh man, praise God. <laughs> Nehemiah, so one of the points that I had is Nehemiah gets a bad report. How many in here have gotten a bad report before, right? Right, whatever it may be, whether it be uh, you, you get fired or, or, or someone is sick close to you, someone, you know, just you, you, you got a bad report. And I love what Nehemiah does because he does what a lot of us sometimes do the opposite of. A lot of times when we get a bad report, I'm not coming to church. Why? Curse God, you know? When we get a bad report, we, 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 we sometimes, if we're not careful, we go into a little shell, our shell, and then we don't want to come to church. We don't want to answer the phone when, when your leader's calling you. You don't want, to, you want nothing to do with, with God's people because the enemy wants to isolate you, right? But I love what Nehemiah did. Right, Nehemiah, this is what he did. He got that bad report, and he didn't, he didn't run to Facebook, right? He ran to the presence of God. He went and got a hold of God. So listen to what he says in Nehemiah 1.4. Uh, 1, it's kind of a long read, but it's good. Nehemiah, uh, Nehemiah 1.4 through 11, so it says, So it was, when I heard these words that I sat down and wept. And you can hear his heart in this, in this prayer, too. Uh, when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and I mourned for many days, I was fasting and praying before God of heaven. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, oh, great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I prayed before you now, day and night for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the status, nor the ordinance which you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand, O Lord. I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant prosper this day. I pray and grant uh, him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was the king's cupbearer. I had to read all of that because it's powerful. It is powerful. 
And so one thing I admire about Nehemiah, he, the Bible says he was a cupbearer. He kind of had a whack job, right? He, he did. But one thing that, that I was thinking about, I was, uh, yeah, he had a whack job. He was a cupbearer. But he probably, had to, he probably had a comfortable life. He lived in the palace, right? If you think about it, he lived in the palace. He probably had the best food. He probably, you know, had a nice room and all that stuff. But yet when he hears this story of, of God's city, God's people, and they're, they're, they're in shame, and they, they need help, and a vision is birthed, and he, he decides, he says, you know what? I'm going to leave the palace pretty much, and I'm going to go to the battlegrounds. I'm going to go where people are hurting, and I'm going to do something about it because God gave me something in my heart, and I need to do it. So when God gives you something in your heart, you need to do it. We, I, I'm guilty of it. I, waste, I think about it. I wasted a lot of time just playing games. Um, I love what, what Nehemiah does though and this is why I, I always encourage people people say it's cliche oh you got to study you got to read your bible and you got to pray because when the trials come and they are going to come it's just not it's not a matter if it's when you have to have God's word in your heart right you have to have God's word and look what Nehemiah says he 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 says Lord remember your promise to your Moses sir uh, to your servant Moses he, he's reminding God God remember your promise remember your promise and that's why you have to get God's word in you. Because you need God's promises when times get tough. That's what's going to sustain you. I so Nehemiah had no idea how the king would react, right? God put a passion in his heart. He had a vision. And he's see, he seen what it could be, not what it was. And that's where faith kicks in, right? Sometimes we might things might look all messed up and, and, and just disorganized and crazy. But you can't. You got to see past that. You got to see past that. Just like Nehemiah, he saw what it what it could be. Amen. Um, oh, I like this part because I was tripping out. I was like, man, Nehemiah was good, man. Well, he, well, obviously, he had the Lord on his side. So, um, so God put a passion. He had a vision. But he so he prayed, and not only did the king ag agree to release him, right? Because the king had to release him. The king released him to go build that wall, but also. The king even paid for it, right? The king even paid for it. Here's something else. The king even gave him a letter of protection and said, hey, I'm going to, you, you have my pr protection, and said, right? That wasn't really the king, though. That was God. That was God because of the heart that Nehemiah had and the vision. So here's my question to you. Has God given you a vision, and what's holding you back from your vision? What is, what is that, pa where's that passion that you had as a new convert, Right? I can say that because I've been there. I've been in, in that situation where I was like, man, Lord, what's going on? A couple more questions. Number one is, what is your vision? Write this down. You, I need you to ponder and think about this, right? What is your vision? What is the vision that you have? What is the vision that for your family? Is it to win trophies? You see what's going on in the world. People are, you know, people need Jesus. What, what, what is your vision? Um, how is your vision? Think about how is your vision? What's in your, what's blocking you, right? And that's only something that you can answer and only God knows. 
right? Because God, I remember one time Isaac told me, he said, man, in prayer, outside of prayer, we can have everybody fooled. But it's that moment in prayer that we're so vulnerable because God knows exactly what's going on. (laughs) He does. Can't fool the Lord, man. So what is your vision? What's blocking your vision? And are you blocking somebody else's vision? Right? We are called to be people that are visionaries, to see things not as they are, but as they could be. And so, with that being said, I just want to encourage you guys, get a hold of God. Like I said, God has a plan for each one of us in this room. Man, woman, child, doesn't matter your age. Parents, God has a call of, a call of God on, on, your parent, on your kid's life, too. Remember that. And you are responsible for them. I, I remember, I, I, I'm, I'm finishing here, but I told Jen, I go, I used to say when we have kids, oh, I'm going to have my kids in this and that. I love sports. If you guys know me, I love sports. Like, I love to play sports, even though I'm old and I hurt and Jen makes fun of me because I'm, you know, I love to play sports. But I made a declaration and I said, my church, the Lord is, is, is the number one ministry. That's the number one thing. So, um, God bless you guys. Get a hold of God. I'm telling you, God has something for you. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.